If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen Nicotine Pouches, you can find many. Zen is America's number one nicotine pouch. It's made with only six simple ingredients. Plus, Zen is the only nicotine pouch with a 10-day hassle-free trial. There are lots of options when it comes to nicotine satisfaction, but there's only one Zen. Find your Zen online or in a store near you at zen.com slash find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. Amazing. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, your exercise, and medication decisions. All those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and a lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on Sirius XM Triumph, Channel 132. You know the films. Shakespeare in Love, Goodwill Hunting, Silver Linings Playbook. The man behind them? Legendary Hollywood producer Harvey Weinstein. After multiple sexual harassment allegations, movie mogul Harvey Weinstein has been forced out of his own company. His movies have won a total of 75 Oscars. Eight women, including actress Ashley Judd, came forward to accuse Weinstein of sexual misconduct. The Times uncovered sexual harassment allegations that span almost three decades. The film executive announced plans to take a, quote, leave of absence. I'm a famous guy. I'm feeling very comfortable right now. Please come in now. And one minute, and if you want to leave, when the guy comes with my jacket, you can go. Why you touch my priest? No, please, I'm sorry. Just come on. I'm used to that. Are you used to that? Yes, come in. You know what? Right now, the NYPD really ought to be ashamed. And I'm a big supporter of the police. You know, police were my best witnesses, except for a couple of dogs I put on the stand a couple of times. And some of the most honorable people I know. Police. But right now, the Brits... The British police, are they actually going to bring charges against Harvey Weinstein before American cops can do it? Uh, please, get a move on. There's more. Will it never end with Harvey Weinstein and all of his alleged attacks on women, ranging from groping them, harassing them, pressuring them, chasing them around in a bathrobe that's open in the front. Men, please don't do that. It, it's not sexy. It's really not. Don't. All the way to allegations of rape. Now I'm finding out he apparently hit on Paris Hilton in a bathroom. Does it never end with this guy? But there's a lot more than bathroom antics and hitting on Paris Hilton. I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories, and I'm not going to rest until somebody arrests this guy and we find out the truth, whether these allegations are true or not. I mean, let's think about it. Are all these women lying? All 30 going on 40, maybe more of them now? Are they all lying? Or is it just Harvey Weinstein lying? Think about it. That's how I used to put it to the jury. 
Joining me right now, an all-star lineup. Alexis Terezchuk joining me from RadarOnline.com. High-profile lawyer Troy Slayton joining me from L.A., apparently the hotbed of Harvey Weinstein activities. And Dr. Bethany Marshall, psychoanalyst, joining me from L.A. And, of course, Alan Duke joining me from his penthouse pad in L.A. First of all, Alexis Terezchuk, does it never end with this guy? No, it doesn't. Every single time you think every last woman has come forward, another woman comes forward and surprises you with the horrific experience that she had with Harvey Weinstein. What's the very latest? So the latest is an actress named Paz de la Huerta. She was on Boardwalk Empire. She is the actress that people have really picked on, I'd say, for the last couple of years. She, that people say she's drunk at events, that she's a mess, she's losing her jobs. Well, she just explained that in 2010, Harvey Weinstein raped her twice. Perhaps an explanation for why she's had such a bad life. Wait, 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 wait. Alexis, hold on. I, I glanced away from the microphone for 20 seconds to look up a picture of Paris Hilton. And all of a sudden, then all of a sudden I'm hearing the words, raped twice by Harvey Weinstein. Start over. Excuse me, what? Actress Paz de la Huerta, beautiful actress on Boardwalk Empire. And she says that in 2010, she had done the movie Cider House Rules a decade earlier with Harvey Weinstein. So she knew him from that, never had any experience with him. In 2010, she met, she saw him at a club. They hung out. She didn't say anything they were drinking or anything like that. She just said they, they were together at an event. He offered her a ride home. Who wouldn't take a ride home with the head of Miramax, the biggest movie studio out there? He insisted that he come up to her apartment. She said she was apprehensive about it. But again, the most powerful man in Hollywood, she is an actress, comes up to her apartment. She says immediately grabbed her dress off, ripped it off and raped her. Now, you said that there were two rape allegations on her part. She says a few months later, Mid after midnight, all of a sudden, Harvey Weinstein is pounding at the door of her apartment. She lets him in again. She says, I don't know why I did it. I know how to say no, but it was Harvey Weinstein, and, and I was overwhelmed. And she says he came in again and raped her a second time. I'm so just sick, Dr. Bethany Marshall, because rape victims, sex assault victims, always feel like it's their fault. Well, they don't always, but very often. I understand. I understand how they feel. I have represented so many rape victims. And like this case, the first time she probably thought, well, I let him in. You know, that was my fault. I let him in. And then I'm just sick about the way this is unfolding. And I'm even sicker that no charges have been brought. Help me get into their minds, Dr. Bethany Marshall. Well, well, we hear that she let him in a second time, but what we're not hearing is all the grooming that took place in between those two rape uh, attacks. So I would imagine he was stalking her, calling her, texting her. You know, this isn't just somebody who gets a knock at her door and lets somebody in. This is somebody who has been brought <clears throat> into somebody's confidence and has let her guard down and who can't really believe that this powerful man would stoop to this level. You know, victims are always vulnerable. As you know, Nancy, they, they sometimes, they have things going on in their lives that make them vulnerable. Maybe they have histories of being victims. Maybe they can't imagine that somebody in a position of trust would do this to them. So they leave themselves wide open, which is, is not to say that it's their fault. You know, there's very robust research into the minds of rapists, and we know that rapists fall into three different categories. One is a power rapist, but one is something called a power assertion rapist, and that is the rapist who wants to imagine that he's wanted. After the rape attack, he will describe that the woman wanted it. He has no idea what's going on in her mind. He imagines that she wants to have sex with him. In his mind, he's wanted and desirable. And when I read these reports of him, you know, inviting young women up to his hotel room and his robe is unbuttoned, his pot belly, his hairy chest is hanging out, and he actually thinks this is sexy, this to me really falls into the category of the power assertion rapist who really wants to think that they're wanted even though they're not. The big question, can Paz de la Huerta Help get Harvey Weinstein behind bars. 
you know, the way she describes what happened is awful. And I'm, I'm giving you her quote. Immediately, when we got inside the house, he started to kiss me and I kind of brushed him away. Then he pushed me onto the bed and his pants were down. He lifted up my skirt. I felt afraid. It was not consensual. It happened very quickly. She goes on and ends with, when he was done, he said he'd be calling me. I laid on the bed in shock. Alexis Terezchuk, I'm just, I'm just hurting for this woman because I know what sex assault victims go through. And for the rest of your life, you may go on, you may get another job, you may succeed, you may excel, people may think you're unstoppable. But in your mind, you still remember that feeling of powerlessness, of helplessness, of what could I have done different? Why didn't I do this? Why didn't I do that? What prompted her, Alexis Therese, ChuckRadarOnline.com, to speak out? She said that she had just seen so many people come forward and that she realized that her time was within the statute of limitations and that she could actually do something to stop Harvey Weinstein, that she realized that she could actually be effective in perhaps putting him behind bars. She just said so many people had come forward and she had been so afraid to talk about it. She told two people. She told, I think, her mother and a therapist, hardly anybody because she was so ashamed of it. And, and you know, her career was – it went nowhere. She had had a great career. A lot of women that Harvey had attacked said the same thing, that he destroyed their career. And that even Mira Sorvino, who won an Oscar, said, you know, she said, I had no proof, but my jobs went away after she turned him down. So Paz finally realized that she she had nothing left to do. She had to speak out, and she is the one that may bring him down. The NYPD says that she's very credible and that she has given them so many explicit details that they feel like this is the case that they could prosecute, that they could arrest Harvey. Sorry, I'm, I'm not the lawyer. I, the NYPD could arrest Harvey. I, get, I, I understand. I understand. So this is what we know. Paz de la Huerta described to the NYPD, two alleged rapes in 2010. And as you all know by now, there is no longer a statute of limitations on rape in New York. That's my understanding of the law. And I'm going to go to Troy Slayton on that. De La Huerta appeared uh, in Weinstein's film Cider House Rules, okay, at age 14. She ran into the producer again, Weinstein, at age 26. They were at the Standard at the Highline Hotel in Manhattan, 2010 she got a ride home all right that's when the first alleged rape happened the second happened when Weinstein showed up at her apartment in the lobby weeks later and he has of course now unequivocally denied any unconsensual sex now according to the NYPD chief of detectives Robert Boyce he has spoken about the allegations, and he says, and I'm quoting, we have an actual case here. We're happy with where the case is right now. Mr. Weinstein is out of state. We would need an arrest warrant to arrest him. Right now, we're gathering our evidence and continue to do so. Now, it's heartening that they've said that, Troy Slayton. You're the high-profile defense lawyer, but it's also not saying we've got an arrest warrant ready as soon as he puts a toe in in New York. So what do you make of it, Troy? Nancy, the NYPD has said that these allegations are the strongest that they have so far and that they're taking their time to assemble their case. And it, it is interesting that New York got rid of the statute of limitations for rape um, about 10 years ago. So this could very well be the thing that takes Harvey Weinstein down. She said, quote, I was very traumatized. I don't think I was taking very good care of myself. What happened with Harvey left me scarred for many years. I felt so disgusted by it with myself. I became a little self-destructive. It was really for, hard for me to deal, to cope. What does that mean, Dr. Bethany Marshall? Well, what it means is that she blames herself for the rape, that the sudden unwanted intrusion of something traumatic has left deep scars. One of the things we know about post-traumatic stress disorder is that it's the 
unanticipated intrusive nature of what happens that is sometimes so traumatic that the person cannot prepare for the trauma. Um, I would imagine that what is happening to her is similar to many rape victims, that they dissociate, meaning they disconnect from themselves, which causes a feeling of being deadened inside. And then often that paves the way for eating disorders, cutting, self-destructive behaviors that, that are really for the purpose of trying to feel alive again in some way and that there's massive distrust in all of her relationships because when something like this happens you stop trusting people and then when you stop trusting people you stop letting good things into your life and then there's no therapeutic um, aspect to relationships does that make sense so you, if you don't trust people you push them away and then then all, all of a sudden other bad happenings start taking place in your life according to the NYPD also, and now I'm quoting NYPD Detective Nicholas DeGuardio. He says, quote, I believe based on my interviews with Paz that from the NYPD standpoint, we have enough to make an arrest. All right. Troy Slate, what's the holdup? The NYPD and the New York County District Attorney's Office want to make sure that they have all their ducks in a row. They know this is going to be the case of the of the year, if not the decade, and they want to make sure that they get it right. All eyes are going to be on them. He's going to have a, a team of high-powered lawyers. This has been assigned to the best in the office, so they just want to make sure they get it right. Let me ask you something, Troy. I've been thinking about this a lot. Now, New York and a few other states, a handful of other states, have done away with a statute of limitations on rape, much like murder. There is no statute of limitations on murder in any jurisdiction in our country. So now a handful of states have said there's no statute of limitations. What I mean by that, statute of limitations, is this. Say, um, let's just say I go to Troy Slayton's house and I slash his tires because I don't like what he said on the Sirius radio show. I think uh, criminal damage to property, you've got like a two to five year statute of limitations. In other words, if I'm not prosecuted within two to five years of slashing Troy's tires, they can't touch me. I walk free. Here's my question. That's what a statute of limitations is. The time within which you can bring the prosecution has a limit. Okay. You can't come back on me for slashing those tires 20 years from now. Okay, unless I do it again, Troy. So watch out. And there's a good there's a good reason for that, Nancy. And the, the reason is because it becomes harder to defend yourself if years later uh, you have an alibi about where you were that night when I'm alleging that you were slashing my tires and that person dies or forgets or you lose some of the evidence that you had to prove that you were somewhere else. So there's a good reason for that. So here's my question to you, Troy Slayton. If New York has now gotten rid of the statute, does that apply? Could it apply retroactively to older rape cases? Or does that just apply to cases that occurred since the statute was banned? The answer is changing the law can't revive a case that was already time barred. However, some of the older cases that may not be able to be prosecuted on their own can be brought in to show Harvey Weinstein's M.O., to show his habit and routine, to show the way that he did things. Just like we saw in the Bill Cosby rape trial, there was another case that was brought in not to show that he did something else on another day, so therefore he's a bad guy and you should convict him, but to show this is the way that he conducted his criminal acts. So it's called similar transactions under the law. So again, I um, could get prosecuted for slashing Troy's tires, uh, Troy Slayton's tires, but say I slashed Alan Dukes and Alexis Therese Chucks and Dr. Bethany Marshalls. But that was 15 years ago. Those cases can be brought in with the Troy incident to show my MO, my method of operation, my modus operandi, how I do the deed, my course of conduct, frame of mind, scheme. So the other rape cases, the other alleged rape cases and sex assault cases could be brought in on Paz de la Huerta's case to show Harvey Weinstein's 
M.O., his course of conduct, frame of mind, and scheme, his motive. Yes, they can come into court for that reason. Let me pause and thank our partner who is making our program possible today. It's LegalZoom. And all you business owners know how important it is to keep moving forward. But so many times, issues pop up to take your time and focus away from growing your business. When it comes to things like reviewing contracts, registering trademarks, staying current on fees and permits, contracts, hiring issues, LegalZoom.com simplifies your life. It was created 16 years ago by the very brightest minds in law and technology. And like I always say, Cheryl McCollum, don't start laughing because I've said it a million times to juries. When you don't know a horse, look at his track record. LegalZoom's already helped over 2 million business owners easily, affordably navigate the legal system with confidence because you know what? You don't have to wake up at 3 a.m. and think, oh, my stars, billable hours stacking up behind my back. By your law firm. LegalZoom is not a law firm. Instead, you get the advice you need to answer your business questions at fixed rates through LegalZoom's nationwide network of independent lawyers. Take pressure off yourself. Go to LegalZoom.com now. Take care of business before the year winds down. Special savings. Enter code NANCY, N-A-N-C-Y, at the referral box at checkout. Code NANCY equals special savings only at LegalZoom.com, LegalZoom.com. LegalZoom, thank you for what you do for American business owners, and thank you for being our partner. We are on the case. Big question. What about Paris Hilton, Alexis Tereschuk? What happened with that? So apparently, a long time ago, actually, in 2001, Paris Hilton was at this very exclusive fundraiser, Amfar, which Harvey Weinstein does every year. I, I can't understand. You're talking L.A. Valley Girl. What did you just say? <laughs> Paris Hilton was at a fundraiser. All I heard was a very exclusive very ex- Paris Hilton went to a fundraiser. The organization is called AMFAR, A-M-F-A-R. Harvey Weinstein has been involved for decades. Paris Hilton walked in wearing, I think, three quarters of a million dollars worth of diamonds on her dress. So she instantly, obviously, everybody was looking at her, but Harvey zeroed in on her. He basically stalked her throughout the party, waited until she went into the bathroom and actually followed her into the bathroom, tried to push open the stall that she was in trying to get to her. Luckily, Paris did not open the stall and security had watched him. They thought it was very strange that he was going into the women's bathroom and they dragged him out of there. They had to stay by Paris's side the whole night to keep him away from her. They were so afraid that he was going to do something to her. And he was apparently very lecherously going after her. Oh, oh. So, Troy Slayton, let me just wrap this up and put a bow on it. Where is, you may not even know this, Alexis Tereshuk, where is Harvey Weinstein right now? So he is still in treatment, his treatment in Phoenix, Arizona, but he actually was spotted over the weekend at a restaurant, but he was wearing a disguise. He had on like a blonde wig as if the whole world doesn't know what Harvey Weinstein looks like now. He was trying to hide out. He was at a a chain restaurant and just chowing down on dinner, but not under arrest, not really doing any intensive therapy, just having dinner out in a wig. Okay. So apparently he's not that concerned, Troy Slayton, because... According to TMZ, Harvey Weinstein, quote, wigs out at Phoenix restaurant. I mean, have you seen this picture of him? He apparently shows up in a not uh, not so good disguise at a Phoenix restaurant. And th- it was a blonde wig with orange makeup and a baseball cap. He showed up at something called Chestnut Restaurant. He asked for a private room, but the room was all glass. So everybody could still see him. Um, that's what I know. So how can NYPD get their mitts on him, Troy, if he's in Arizona in so-called treatment at the Chestnut Restaurant in a blonde wig? As soon as NYPD gets before a judge and gets a warrant signed based on probable cause, they can execute that warrant uh, in cooperation with the local authorities anywhere in the United States. Uh, He's not going anywhere. Harvey Weinstein is being watched. And... I think that as soon as they've got their ducks in a row and they're ready to start their prosecution, then he'll be facing arrest no matter where. Dr. Bethany, why is it that so many people find God when they're behind bars? Now, let me tell you a funny story, Dr. Bethany. 
So uh, when I was first prosecuting, I was doing a plea and arraignment calendar. And, you know, he brought 50, 60 guys over from the jail, maybe three or four women. And I had on a cross necklace. It was very, you know, small, but, you know, I, I guess they saw it. The next, that was on Monday. I had another calendar on Thursday, you know, because I would go through the cases. I would give a plea offer if there was going to be one, uh, which they all hated because they thought it was too strict. And then they'd come back, let's say, on Thursday, and they'd either take the plea or I'd put them on a trial calendar. When they came back on Thursday, Dr. Bethany, about 18 or 19 of them had woven from yarn, I don't know where they got it, giant crosses, and were wearing them around their necks. And came in and were like looking at me with these sad puppy eyes. I'm like, okay, that yarn is not working on me, okay? <laughs> so apparently, <laughs> apparently, Weinstein has has found the Lord. And you know what? I'm glad for him oh. if this is true because he sure is going to need it. On his hat, this is how I know this. He, he on had on side. a hat at Chestnut Restaurant. And it was on top of his orange makeup and blonde wig. It was a hat. And it was inscribed to colon 24 and there is a bible verse that reads but god raised him from the dead freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him <laughs> so you know what i want harvey weinstein to you know realize the bad thing he's done and just go ahead and plead guilty and go to jail don't lie about it and he can explore verse 224 for a nice long time behind bars why is he finding God now? <laughs> well, I do not begrudge him God, just like you don't begrudge God. But, you know, when you talk about these these convicts coming and they have all these crosses around their neck and then Harvey Weinstein and he has this Bible verse on his hat. I mean, I just tend to think of it as magical thinking, meaning that they think God is going to magically swoop down and save them. I also see it as a form of manipulation. I mean, Harvey is highly manipulative. He always, his victims were actresses, um, women who wanted something from him and he would target that population. And it's almost as if he's targeting the public at this point by plastering this Bible verse on his hat. And, you know, Nancy, one of the things that really upsets me about this story and uh, similar stories where men go to treatment for sex addiction is that this has nothing to do with sex addiction. This has to do with criminality. This has to do with being a sex offender. Um, you talked about similar transactions from a legal perspective. I just hear offending pattern. He had the same exact offending pattern with each woman. And, you know, I wanted to circle back you were asking about the destructive psychological effect of being raped or being a sexual abuse victim. One of the tragedies for these victims is that they feel guilty and ashamed because they all wanted something. Sexual abuse victims always want something, and that's what leaves, leaves them wide open. Children want to be loved. That's why they are groomed by adults. Um, these women wanted roles. That's why they were targeted by Harvey. Um, women want to be seen um, as being sometimes acquiescent and going along with things and not causing trouble. And that's what opens them up to being victims. And Harvey played right into that. So there's no sexual uh, treatment center that's going to help him with that. He's just a criminal, Nancy. Another issue, I don't understand it. And tell me if I'm wrong, um, Alexis, but I I'm understanding he did like one week in a facility and now it's, quote, outpatient. Because, I mean, he's slinking around. He is uh, slinking around in public with a blonde wig on and, on and orange makeup, according to TMZ. So if he's in rehab at some facility, what's he doing out at Chestnut Restaurant with a wig on? So he only did about one week in treatment, and now he's doing outpatient treatment, which is clearly not that strict because he's in restaurants with, you know, hiding out in a wig, hiding out in plain sight, I guess. He is... He's not in a 30-day facility. He's not in a serious treatment center. He And, you know, he didn't even want to do that one week because he did not want to be away from his cell phone. Ugh. Okay, we're on it, and we're waiting for NYPD to do something. I don't even know what's happening with the LAPD. But I guess, you know, as it looks right now, the Brits are going to beat us to the courthouse. Let me pause and thank our sponsor, making our program possible today. It is linkakc.com. You've got to hear about this. Guys, you know how much I love our family dog, Fat Boy, a.k.a. Nitro. I'm always looking for new things to try with him, whether it's food, a fun chew toy, a treat, 
or now, an amazing new collar, and it's called Link AKC. It's so much more than a collar. It's backed by the American Kennel Club. The Link AKC collar is a GPS locator, a fitness tracker, and a smartphone app all rolled into one. I like the GPS locator because I know where Fat Boy is all the time. I don't have to worry. Has he jumped over the fence? Is he running down the street? Has he been run over? Has somebody interested in stealing a mutt taken the little guy? It's total peace of mind. I can see exactly where Fat Boy is right on the app. Favorite part? Activity and wellness tracker. Yes, for a dog. Doesn't matter how old your dog is, whether it's a purebred mixed or a mutt like mine link akc shows the exact amount of activity every dog needs and it's easy to set up their sizes for every dog and super comfy link akc looks great on fat boy you can see him on instagram facebook and twitter keep your dog safe happy and healthy it's easier now with a special offer from link akc go to linkakc.com use code nancy to save 30 percent off your order with free shipping Code Nancy, N-A-N-C-Y, save 30% on your order. That's a lot. Plus free shipping at linkakc.com. Linkakc.com, code Nancy. A Texas university is rocked by the mystery death of a young teen cheerleader, just, just gorgeous. Police now looking at possible homicide after the girl, Kelly Mandati, stops breathing in a friend's car. That, that doesn't even make sense to me. You stop breathing in a friend's car and now a homicide investigation. The teen cheerleader is Kelly Mundotti. Cheryl McCollum, crime scene expert, what, what do we know right now? Why, why would she just stop breathing? Because when they say it that way, Cheryl, it makes it sound like she had a health issue. But if it was a health issue, why is homicide sniffing around? Well, not just that. If it was a health issue, they would have stayed with her at the hospital. Nancy, her friends dropped her off. They bounced. They got out of there. So it says to me the autopsy is going to show some type of illegal substance potentially in her body. There was a reason they fled. You know, I, I'm, I'm just looking at this photo of her, Cheryl, and I always would struggle, if you recall, of our days in court to find a way to show the jury the victim in life. And, you know, that's inadmissible. Pictures, photos of the victim in life are in, inadmissible in a court of law and a criminal trial because there's no relevance. And the defense will argue that uh, that's just Nancy Grace trying to get sympathy by showing the jury right. who this victim was. And I always thought that was just the, the most stupid rule of evidence. But, Cheryl, I would learn a way around it. For instance, if there had been a blow to the head, I would say, but your honor, this is the only way that I can show a really good picture of the victim's head because the autopsy photos show the head cut open. The jury can't even tell what that exactly. is, for Pete's sake, with the skin pulled back. And that's why I have to show this picture. You know, I'm looking at this picture of this girl, and she's got an old cheerleading outfit. It's tigers, and she's in front of a statue of a tiger. Mm-hmm. It reminds me, recently I went down to Mercer, Cheryl, where you know I went to undergrad law school before I went to NYU, and I took a picture with the bear. It was a giant bear. And here she is, and she's got this huge, gorgeous, gorgeous brunette hair down to her waist. And this is what got me, aside from her big smile. Somebody spent a lot of money on those teeth. But she's got this huge bow on top of her head, Cheryl. And that bow, there's always been something about every case I investigate or try. There's always one seemingly insignificant fact that just, I can't get it out of my mind. And it's the bow, Cheryl. It's the bow. You know why? Because that was my little girl's signature style. Up until this year, when she just turned 10, she got mm-hmm. she quit with the bows. No matter where she went, she would have a huge, it could be huge, it could be little, bow stuck on her head, usually right in the middle of her head. And we have a closet, a tiny shallow closet of bows. And they're still there. I'm not giving up on the bows because I want her to return to them. When I saw this picture of Kelly... With that big bow on her head and that big smile. And now I think this girl is dead and homicide is investigating. I couldn't help but think about Lucy, Cheryl. I just could not help it. Yeah, she's a dog. I mean, just, she's so attractive. She looks like so much fun. She's in a sorority. She's a cheerleader on this college campus. And you think this is the greatest time of her life. There's no question. 
And I agree with you. That bow looks to me like anybody that's ever had a little girl in cheerleading, that's that signature bow right on top of their head. It's bigger than their head. So you can see it from the stands, honey. And that's what it looks like. And I guarantee you that's why she did it, so her family could make her out at a distance. She'd have the bow. I used to do that with Lucy in soccer. I'd have a giant pink bow on her head so I could find her out on the soccer field. The mysterious death of a teen girl, a Texas cheerleader, has totally shaken a small university campus. And it is Trinity University in San Antonio. Little Kelly Mondotti is dead. And Texas Rangers are now investigating her death as a homicide. I want to go to John Limley, Crime Stories investigative reporter. John, tell me what happened. How did this girl end up in the emergency room? In addition to being uh, a 19-year-old, a cheerleader, she was a sophomore at Trinity University uh, and uh, also a sorority sister. Now, Texas Rangers are investigating her death, as we've mentioned, as a possible homicide. The teenager had been a passenger in that car on its way back to San Antonio from Houston during the day on Halloween uh, when someone in the car noticed she wasn't breathing. Wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute. Okay. Dr. Chloe Carmichael, uh, New York psychologist and creator of anxietytools.com is with us. Dr. Chloe, when I'm in the car, I've got the twins in the car. We're all talking and jabbering and having a good time this morning. Uh, I recall when I took them to school, Lucy got guinea pigs for, for her birthday. Don't even ask. So she didn't do her times tables. So the whole way we were doing practicing times tables for her test. And, uh, of course, John David was butting in, causing mayhem, and we were all talking the whole whole way. That doesn't sound right to me right there, Dr. Chloe, is what I'm getting at. You drive all the way back to school to San Antonio, and you just notice after a period of time somebody's not breathing? What? That doesn't sound right, Dr. Chloe Absolutely, Nancy. It sounds absolutely bizarre. It's not a narrative that makes any sense. And the fact that they're not really offering any other explanation about it, it it seems whether it's a conscious or unconscious type of denial that's going on when we hear a report like that with um, just kind of this detachment that that conveys, that we just noticed that she wasn't breathing. Um, you're, you're absolutely right. It doesn't sound logical at all. And details of who was in the car with Kelly are also unknown. Cheryl, you said that they just dropped her off at the emergency room and left? Correct. They apparently took I-10 from San Antonio to Houston, which, Nancy, it is a three-and-a-half-hour trip. That's a seven-hour round trip on top of however much time they spent in Houston. So it could be they thought she just was taking a nap on the way back, depending on what they did there, if they were there partying or We don't know why they even went to Houston. We don't even know who was in the car. But somewhere about two hours into the trip, they notice she's not breathing. They dump her off at this hospital in some little nowhere town and leave her and head back to San Antonio without her. Back to John Limley, Crime Stories investigative reporter. Her friends, the friends of the little cheerleader, also tight-lipped. They say it was definitely not a suicide. Well, I mean, they're in the car with her. Wouldn't they have known what happened? They're claiming there were, quote, unusual circumstances. You know what, John? Let's just take it from the beginning, okay? Because I've gotten as far afield with Lucy's bow and the multiplication tables. Start at the beginning, John Limley, if you don't mind. Absolutely. We know that Kaylee Mondotti was riding in a car uh, an hour uh, or so uh, away from uh, San Antonio, from Houston. This was during the day on Halloween. And again, someone looked around and realized that Kaylee was not breathing. They took Mondotti to a hospital in Luling, Texas, and then they left the the other passengers in the car. Now, Mondotti was later transferred to another hospital in Kyle, Texas, where she was pronounced dead around 3.43 that afternoon. Again, this was October 31st. Details of who was in the car with Mondotti remain unknown. Uh, Now, the day after Mondotti's death, Trinity University sent out a safety alert to the campus urging students to look out for a man named Mark Howerton, who was not enrolled but was associated with the cheerleader. In fact, I did a quick Facebook check this morning before we began talking, and it shows Kaylee as one of Howerton's Facebook friends. And speaking of Facebook, uh, according to numerous selfies that Howerton made, he was quite 
the serious bodybuilder and like to chronicle his progress. In fact, the page is completely filled with these with these selfies of Howerton at the gym. Okay, hold on right now. I'm about to go off track again. Cheryl McCollum, I told my husband, David, I said, you know what? If you get all bulked up and buff, you know what? I, I'm calling your parents because I need a man that goes to work. Okay, You do not have time to go be a gym rat and bulk up and, and work out all day long. Sure, go for a jog, go for a walk, get your cardio in, lift a little weights here and there, but that's it. Now, when a guy is spending four and five hours at a time in the gym, Cheryl, well, that just something rubs me wrong about that, Cheryl. I hear you, Nancy, but I tell you what rubs me the wrong way is how everybody's being tight-lipped, even her family, her sorority, her classmates. But let me let me point this out. All of his selfies he's using what looks like an uh, iPhone, they're going to be able to ping that and tell us everywhere he went in Houston and for how long. So, again, was he there to buy drugs, sell drugs? What in the world were they doing? Well, this is what the alert says that John Limley is telling us about. It's It's got two pictures of him, which were pretty easy to find. You're right about all those photos, John Limley. It says, quote, should you observe Mr. Howerton on our campus or any other suspicious activity, please contact University Police immediately, 999-7070. Also, be aware of your surroundings. Report suspicious activity immediately. Never attempt to engage the person involved in criminal activity. Use e-alerts to directly report to TUPD or receive virtual escort 24 hours a day. Why are they telling students they need a virtual escort if they see this guy? Trinity University PD say they issued Howerton a, a criminal trespass warrant warning on Howerton. He had been on campus before Kelly's death. Quote, we want people to know this person is not welcome back on campus. He was associated with Kelly. Now, that's from the university spokesperson, Sharon Jones Schweitzer. We've increased patrols, increased the university police presence, trying to get the word out to students to be on the lookout. Now, I I don't understand what connection, unless he was in the car, what connection he would have to her. Also, listen to this. Cheryl McCollum, an autopsy is being carried out on little Kelly, but the results could take three months. You know what that means, toxicology. No question. And, Nancy, here's what's real critical. You know as well as I do the things that go on on a college campus that the campus police are completely unaware of. If they've already zeroed in on this man, he is well known to them. So that tells me he's been an issue on that campus for a minute. They know him. So, again, he's either a drug dealer or he is somebody that has called major problems on that campus. There's something else I don't understand. Dr. Chloe Carmichael, creator of AnxietyTools.com, New York psychologist, joining us today. Why would her friends, not this guy, why would her friends just drop her at the emergency room and leave her? Why? Well, uh, yes, Nancy, I'm glad you noticed that. It certainly does, you know, just it's, it's absolutely bizarre. It's kind of the opposite of concern. Um, it kind of goes with this idea that there's a detachment that, that doesn't uh, seem normal in a friendship where they just report, oh, she, we've, just, we've noticed that she stopped breathing, and so we're just going to drop her off at some you know, random emergency room. Um, it, it, the story just isn't adding up. There's, there's something about it that just isn't making sense. Questions swirling. Nancy, wait, wait. Nancy. What, Cheryl? Go ahead. You and I had a case where these group of friends dropped somebody off at the emergency room at Grady, and they fled. What makes wait, perfect wait, sense? Wait, 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 wait. What case was that, Cheryl? I don't remember the name of the female, but she OD'd in the car. And all of her friends panicked, thinking, we're going to go to jail because we were all doing drugs. They take her to the emergency room to get her help, but they left her. You know what? I'm glad you reminded me of that, Cheryl, because now I'm remembering it. You know, Cheryl, I've tried so many cases, I cannot even document them all. And oh, sure. I've taken, believe it or not, Cheryl, I, I tried to add it up because I would get about 150 new felonies, all felonies, a week, I believe is the way it went. Mm-hmm. I, I can't even remember. Mm-hmm. And then that would be four weeks a, a month, 12 months a year times 10, I think was the number. It, it's There's so many, I can't even remember them all now, Cheryl. I remember most of the cases I tried, but you're right. Just dumping her off. Um, 
questions still swirling around the death of this teen cheerleader, Kelly Mondotti. Trinity University is saying it's a very close-knit community. Well, if it's this close-knit, why wasn't this guy already kicked off campus? What was he doing there? She's just a sophomore, for Pete's sake. That puts her at about 19 years old. She died on Halloween Day. We know that Trinity sends out this alert to all the students, and right now, everybody has clammed up. Cheryl McCollum, you're the crime scene expert. You're the Cold Case Institute director. Why is everybody clamming up? See, when everybody gets tight-lipped, that makes me highly suspicious. They know something that they don't want to tell. Otherwise, they'd be talking. So here's one theory. She gets in the car with this guy that's a known drug dealer. They're going to go to Houston to pick up whatever it is that everybody wants for the Halloween party. So she gets in the car with some other folks. They've all got the money from all the other people that won't, let's say, pot. So they get out there. They get the weed. They're on the way back. They're partying on the way back. Let's say the weed they got's no good. It's got fentanyl in it. She stops breathing because she has OD. That could be a major issue where everybody says, we got to get rid of the weed. we got to get rid of her. Dump her at the hospital. We're out. You know. What about this idea, Cheryl McCollum, and it's Jackie's idea here in the studio with me. What if they tried to clean out the car? Maybe what if if they left for that reason? And again, we don't know this guy is a drug dealer, whether it's steroids, illegal narcotics, whatever. We don't know that, and he has not been charged with that. We're just trying to figure out what happened to Kelly. I mean, you send your daughter off. You've done all you can do. You finally get them to college where they're going to do well, and they're going to get out and have a great job and a happy life. And then this, I mean, I, I, I can't even imagine it. You know, I, I drop my children off in the morning, and I, I, I believe I watch them walk in because of Kyron Horman. I uh, watch them walk in the door and know that they're safe, and then I try not to worry about them the rest of the day. Cheryl, you, you take your children to this great little university, and then your daughter ends up dumped at the ER and dead, Cheryl? It's, it's unfathomable, Nancy. And again, I mean, she's an athlete. She's beautiful. She's clearly intelligent. I mean, she's on that path. She's got the world by the tail. And something has gone terribly wrong. I'm just looking at her and this big, big, beautiful smile. Dr. Chloe Carmichael, I cannot imagine what her parents and family are going through right now. Yes, Nancy, it's a, it's, it's really hard to imagine that because this is the time when they were probably working really hard to let themselves let go a little bit. It's not easy for parents to do that. But as you said, she's a sophomore now. So after you get over that freshman hump, then you parents usually start to relax just a little bit, um, which is just, you know, so, un, so terribly um, unfortunate here that just as soon as they were probably beginning to feel a little bit comfortable, um, they, they got this terrible surprise. And it's really unfortunate, too, because it does sound like there is um, more to come in terms of surprises. The, the theory about the idea that they were probably going to get some drugs, doing something that they shouldn't have been, which would explain why the other you know, young people in the car wanted to try to just drop her off and run away and distance themselves. Not that I'm saying that makes it right for them to do that, but at least for us to understand why they would behave in such a bizarre manner. So the parents, to your point, Nancy are probably just in a world of confusion and pain right now. Well, another clue, Cheryl McCollum, is that she was taken to the hospital by the people in the car, a hospital in Luling, before she was transferred to another hospital in Kyle, Texas, and it was later that day she was pronounced dead. So whatever happened to her was not immediate. She was alive when she was dropped at the hospital in Luling. She was alive when she was at the hospital in Kyle, Texas. And it was only hours later that she was pronounced dead. What indication is that? She wasn't uh, shot. She wasn't strangled dead. Or she would have been you know, dead much more quickly than that. So what do you think? What, cl- what does that tell us, that one clue, that time period, Cheryl? Well, they said it. She was not breathing. So that's probably what they said to the emergency room. Well, that, again, sounds like a potential overdose. If she was an asthmatic, they would have stayed with her. They would have called her mom. They would have called sorority sisters. They didn't do that. They dropped her off, which indicates to me they knew something illegal was going to come about. They, you know, they found out in some way. So, you know, whatever she took stopped her from breathing. Well, that doesn't mean they could revive her. 
So it sounds like to me they got her there and they just could not bring her back. Well, the fact that nobody's talking and they've issued this alert to find this Howerton, yep. uh, there's much more to the story and the death of a gorgeous young Trinity University cheerleader. We're on it. Nancy Grace, Crime Stories, signing off. Goodbye, friend. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota. Let's go places.